This week on the Pro Wrestling Podcast, podcast. CM Punk backstage at Monday Night Raw. What? Chavo Guerrero shoots hard on Rey Mysterio, then takes it back, saying it was all a work. Was it, though? Was it really? WWE getting sued again. What else is new? And Triple H unveils a brand new championship belt on Monday Night Raw. I'm your host, Seth Grimes, and this is the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. up everybody welcome welcome into another episode of the pro wrestling podcast podcast i am your humble host as always seth grimes here to bring you the dirt the scoops all the happenings going on outside the ring in the world of professional wrestling covering podcasts and shoot interviews slow week this week i gotta tell you there's not a lot of huge news to cover but I got you still. I got some top stories to bring your way. A lot of fun things going on in the world of professional wrestling, including CM Punk. Guy can't seem to keep his name out of the news. We'll get into that here. Before we jump into our topics, though, if I could bug you to please like, follow, and subscribe on Facebook, TikTok, or Twitter if you're on any of those platforms at all. Throw me a follow or a like there. I would greatly appreciate it. While you're here, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button down below. It'll help my channel grow and help me keep going, keep pushing forward. And finally, if you're listening on the podcast app or watching the video, just hit that like or follow or whatever the gimmick on the app that you're listening on asks you to do and you won't miss another episode I appreciate y'all for that. And with all of that shit out of the way, let's go ahead and dive on into our first topic here this week. CM Punk, the always controversial CM Punk, was backstage at Monday Night Raw in Chicago this week. Yes, you heard that correctly. Backstage at Monday Night Raw, CM Punk. What the fuck was he doing there? Lots of speculation going around. Maybe Punk was looking for a job. You know, he did speak to Triple H while he was there reportedly. Maybe he was feeling things out, seeing if he could come back, maybe get a shot at that new world title belt that they debuted. Wouldn't that be something? Of course, CM Punk still under contract. So maybe that wasn't it. Maybe he was just there to... Stir up a little bit of buzz to get the dirt sheets talking about old CM Punk as he is set to debut or return to AEW on the debut episode of this new show, Collision, coming up this June. Whatever the case may be, CM Punk was indeed backstage at Monday Night Raw in Chicago. And uh, we got a couple clips here for you that's going to kind of go over the scoop in more detail. First, a couple clips from Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful, 
who uh, covered the story in two separate clips here. One on the list in your boy with Jimmy Van, the owner of Fightful. And then another clip uh, with him talking with Denise Salcedo, kind of discussing the situation. Then after that, we're going to follow it up with good old Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer and what they feel might be going on. Check out these clips. CM Punk showed up at WWE Raw, Jimmy. Word was he had been on a flight, headed back from a Cage Warriors uh, or Cage Fury MMA gig, and some WWE wrestlers were on the flight. He felt as if he was maybe invited by that talent. He showed up. Talent let him in. He spoke with Miz, Tamina, Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley. All were positive conversations, I'm told. And then he approached Triple H. He shook his hand. He said, can we talk? Triple H said something along the lines of, uh, yeah, but I don't, let me, let me check and see if you're allowed to be here. Uh, and then he walked away. He checked. The word was that Vince had encouraged uh, security to kick him out remotely. Uh, security, the head of security, I think his name is Jim Miller, who Punk did know. I was like, sorry, man, got to go. And that was that. A lot of wrestlers I spoke to thought that it was a publicity stunt. There were others that were like, oh, well, maybe he's making amends. But then there were others that are like, he's not made amends at the place that he works hmm. <laughs> quite yet. Not, not to say he hasn't tried, because maybe he's tried. I don't know. Hmm. But whew, that was that was shocking, Jimmy. Yeah. So my my first thought on Monday night, and I asked you this off the air earlier, my, my first thought on Monday night when I heard this story, the first thing that went through my head was, did AEW know? Did he give nope. him any kind of AEW did not know. Nope. And from what I understand, Tony Khan didn't call him. Didn't, didn't raise a fuss. And Punk's approach to that was they sent videos of Jericho and Paul White and other people for Cena's thing. There are wrestlers that are there on the hall of fame. Like, so him showing up backstage, not on TV, wasn't that big of a deal. He's not been at a WWE show that I known of. For over nine years, Denise. <sighs> Denise, what are you thinking? What what are you thinking? I can I can tell you WWE talent think it's a publicity stunt. Let's just say this wasn't a publicity stunt, all right? Let's just say that. What was the reason then? To me, like, unless you're who 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 exactly are you visiting and why did you need to visit them today? Or of all things, like why? So, like, I can't think of another explanation besides a publicity stunt because I can't if imagine that he would want to further, you know, damage or further damage the relationship that he has with AEW. And uh, he's going to be at a show in, or maybe two in Chicago in under two months. I think it's a I think it's a very calculated move, and that's just me. But the limited interactions I have had with him have been like. Wish people would stop talking about me. And I was like, well, you know, that's not going to happen. That happened when you weren't in wrestling for a little while, like for a few years. But when you're involved in wrestling, especially with all this contentious stuff, you know, that's going to happen. He knew going to this show was going to make headlines. He's very aware of it. He is a very smart man. He knew what he was doing. And on top of that, like you literally had people like recording him, yelling things at him, saying like, oh, if you take a picture with yeah. us or whatever, we won't tell anybody you're here. So I feel like him standing there felt very, very specific, because if not, wouldn't you be inside your car? 
I mean, unless yeah. he wasn't driven he could, there, I don't know. Maybe he took he an could, Uber. I don't know. He if if he really wanted to meet with Triple H, he Triple H would have made it happen that afternoon or after the show or anything like that. Like it would have it would have been planned out. CM Punk showed up at the Raw show, and he, he went in. Did. You know, he he apparently he flew from from Florida to um, Chicago on a flight with a lot of the talent. Yeah, yeah. And he showed up and he went in and talked to some people for a while. I would say talk, probably talk, about twenty twenty five minutes. Talked to Paul Levesque. That was the main guy he talked to. Hmm. And then uh, he was asked to leave. Yep. What is going on here? Well, if I, you know, if I if I say what I think, I'll be as reckless as all the people who say what they say about us. So I'm not going to say anything. I, we all have our theories, and uh, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I mean, I throw my three theory past a bunch of people today, including you. And every one of them said that, and including people who know him very well, bet much better than I do. And they all said you you were spot on. The feeling in WWE, you know, was that he was there because he wanted back. Whether that's true or not, I have no idea. I'd like to know who the fuck was on the airplane that ran into Punk and thought it would be a good idea to invite him backstage for Monday Night Raw because it wasn't a good idea. I don't know how they thought there would be any chance that Punk could just casually be hanging out backstage at Raw and it wouldn't cause a big stir in the wrestling industry and get everybody buzzing and speculating. You heard Sean Ross Sapp say there in his clips from Fightful that perhaps Punk was there just trying to stir up a buzz a little bit. Just trying to uh, maybe get people talking about him as he is set to return eminently within the next month or two here. Uh, on the other hand, you got your Dave Meltzers and your Brian Alvarez's kind of maybe speculating that Punk is maybe looking for a job. Maybe Punk is sick of the bullshit in AEW, sick of working with the kids, you know, that can't manage a target. Fucking he's done with Tony Khan. Doesn't put his balls on the table at all. Punk feels like these guys that I'm working for, it just ain't working for me. Maybe I can go salvage something with WWE. Perhaps, perhaps that's the case. He did speak with Triple H or ask if he could speak with him anyway. We don't know the extent of this conversation necessarily, how long they talked. Uh, actually, I do believe somebody said they spoke, uh, they, they did get a little bit of time to to speak but i don't know if it was behind closed doors or what the what the subject of it was maybe it was just punk burying the hatchet just saying hi you know hoping he can kind of make amends and make peace but he hasn't made amends or peace with anybody in his own company so it is weird it's very weird and as sean ross sap speculated as well if Punk really wanted to meet with WWE officials, which is contract tampering, by the way, and I don't know where Meltzer's getting this information. You know, Meltzer has has really shown me. Uh, maybe he's always been like this, and I've just noticed it recently. But over the last couple months, I've just noticed Meltzer speculating on shit. He just throws opinion. <laughs> 
And, you know, he is even, you know, cautious to say here, you know, if I said what I thought, but uh, it seems to be that maybe he's looking for a job, except he's already got a job and he's under contract and he's already going to return. There's no word that he's being let go from AEW or that shit's done. The fuck are you even talking about, Meltzer? You're speculating. You're speculating. And of course you've, you know, your your buddy buddies with the Young Bucks. So, of course you're going to want to leak any kind of propaganda about CM Punk that you can. Pay attention to anything that you're hearing from Meltzer and Alvarez lately. It's coming with a little bit of disdain towards CM Punk. Both of them are kind of uh kind of down on CM Punk, you know? Their their spins, their takes paint Punk in a negative light. <clears throat> so I think there's an agenda there. Maybe they don't like Punk. Maybe it's that simple. Maybe they're buddy buddies with the elite. Maybe it's both. Who knows? Maybe Punk is looking for a job. But I don't buy it. Because Punk would not have just randomly shown up at Monday Night Raw asking to speak with somebody. He would have went through the proper channels that anybody else does when they're looking for a job, right? He would have had a meeting set up. He could have gotten contact with Triple H or whoever he needed to speak with about working for WWE. But he can't legally do that. He's under contract. People are fucking morons. So why was he there then? I think he was there to stir shit up. Punk likes to stir shit up. As as Sean Ross Sapp so eloquently said there, Punk has told him, you know, I don't like it when people talk about me. I wish people would just stop talking about me. You know, he seems to get pissy when the dirt sheets have dirt sheety things to say. But yet, Punk is always finding ways to keep himself in the dirt sheets. You know, if it's not the fucking brawl out fucking fiasco that had everybody talking all last summer. And then he's been home. He has not been on TV yet. Everybody's still talking about him. Through the Dax Harwood podcast. Dax would say shit on his podcast and that would stir up the internet and get them talking about CM Punk again. Punk does his little uh, Instagram post that stirs up the internet. Gets people talking about him again. Talks his shit on his caged fury, you know, takes his little pot shot, cracks his joke there, gets people talking about him again. And now showing up at Monday Night Raw like he thinks that that's going to like that's going to fly under the radar. That people aren't going to be talking about that, especially like Denise said in that clip with Sean. Uh, Denise Salcedo, another great wrestling journalist in her own right, or working on it anyway, always there with great interviews and great takes and coverage of everything going on in wrestling. She speculated that Punk wouldn't be standing out in the goddamn parking lot like that, just out in the open for fans. Uh, there's a clip floating around there on Twitter of fans going, Hey, CM Punk, blah, 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 blah. He's not doing that shit in trying to fly under the radar. He knows better than that. He's not fucking stupid. He's been in the business long enough. He knows how the wrestling media works. He knows anything he does stirs up a buzz, gets attention. So I think that's all he's doing. He's there to stir shit up and get attention. By all accounts, he made amends with people while he was there. Maybe he that was something that he thought that he could do. Maybe he did get the invite and go, yeah, 
That's probably a good idea. That'll help uh, stir shit up a little bit. <clears throat> I will guarantee you that was the motive of going there because he knew that it would. There's no way that he didn't. Maybe he didn't intend to stir shit up, but he knew that it would regardless. <clears throat> Especially if he's hanging out and catering and he's talking with the Miz and making peace with them and then asking to speak to Triple H. That's what's fishy there. Now, it's possible CM Punk does want to leave AEW and he is feeling out the option. Do I have uh, an option to come to WWE when I'm done? Does he really want that though? Does he really want to just be told what to do and handed a script and have to follow all the fucking protocols and follow all the rules and put up with everybody's shit backstage? Handlers everywhere, agents, fucking... Punk does whatever he wants to do right now. <clears throat> be that a good thing or a bad thing, however you want to look at it, Punk's got it pretty easy in AEW. Other than he works with fucking children that can't manage a target, right? But I, I just can't imagine he would want to go through that WWE machine again. Maybe for like the one last big fucking WrestleMania match or a Hall of Fame or something like that. But I just I can't see him going to work for WWE, even if it's on like a Brock Lesnar schedule. Um, but stranger things have happened. So, uh, you know, we can't write it off completely. Uh, Punk was there and he was talking to the boss man, the Booker man. I respect you, Booker man. So we got to we got to we got to take that as it is. You know, we got we can't just dismiss that. But I don't think Meltzer was on point here. I, I just don't see Punk looking for a job, uh, especially while under contract. That's clear contract tampering. And that's why he was asked to leave, by the way. It wasn't that nobody wanted him there. Or people don't like Punk. Uh, it's because he's a contracted talent to another company, and he's there trying to talk to people in management. And that he is a shit disturber, and he will stir things up and irritate people and ruffle feathers. So he was asked to leave. He left without incident. And look at us now. We're all fucking talking about CM Punk. So who wins in this situation? Every week it's something, and he is uh, returning imminently, returning in June at the United Center. I was there when he made his return at the United Center last time for the first dance. <coughs> I will not be going for this one, but I, I thought about it. It would be interesting to hear the reaction that Punk gets this time, and fuck, give the guy a live microphone and hear what he has to say. It'll be very interesting. Ooh, Chavo. Chavo Guerrero found himself getting some headline news this week from the pro wrestling media. So he did some sort of online autograph signing gimmick, like a virtual signing where he's there physically signing things on video for people but I guess that are going to end up just getting the shit mailed to them. I don't know how that works, but uh, virtual signings are, are getting to be a bigger thing, especially since the whole the whole uh, COVID situation, that kind of thing. So what seemed like just a random, uh, harmless fucking autograph signing for Chavo Guerrero 
ended up getting him a little bit of controversy as towards the very end of this. It was a two-hour fucking video, by the way. And I saw the news that Chavo had said something on this about Rey Mysterio. And so I, I had to first seek out this autograph signing because it wasn't just like freely on YouTube. I found it on Twitter. And then I had to watch the fucking two-hour video. And it was all the way at the end. But I found it. And we have a clip here of Chavo Guerrero commenting on the current storyline of Rey Mysterio and how he still seems to be using Eddie Guerrero's uh, legacy, for lack of a better term, you know, doing the 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 this thing and the coming out in the lowrider at WrestleMania with the lie, cheat, and steal music, and now the LWO faction, and all of this seemed to get under Chavo's skin, or did it? Let's first take a look at the clip that started all of this, and then we'll follow up with some tweets where Chavo seems to maybe be covering his ass or what the fuck. We'll take a look. Check out this clip. I just don't understand why Rick Mysterio still has to... Look, we all love Eddie, but we're not going out with his gimmick. And, and our gimmick, I mean, our gimmick was Los Guerreros gimmick. And coming out to Los Guerreros, we lie, we cheat, we steal. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, keep your name's memory right. I said, no, dude, you're, 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 I'm tired of people. This is true. This is not a bitter thing. This is true. I'm tired. We worked hard for that last name. We worked, this whole family worked really, really hard to keep that name, to get that name to where it was. And we're tired of people. Um, prostituting it, in a sense, and using it for their benefit. So, Ray Mysterio, I'm sorry that no one knows who Ray Mysterio Sr. is. <laughs> no one knows who he is. And I'm sorry that you have to latch on to the Guerrero family. And you're just kind of tired of it. So, thank you for keeping Andrew's name alive. Thank you for keeping the Guerrero name alive. But we don't need you. We're good. You know what I'm saying? Then, after hearing that clip, Chavo doubled down, and he took to Twitter, and he left this tweet here. We can show this on screen from Chavo Guerrero Jr., at Max Warrior. If at Rey Mysterio, ooh, he added him, too. Come at me, bro. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, <laughs> is really mentioning the Guerrero name only in tribute and not to line his own pockets with cash, maybe he'll donate some of that money to charity. Or even better, how about to Eddie's daughters? That will show myself and the fans that he's not prostituting the family name. Oof. That was nasty. But it wasn't long after that that Chavo Guerrero quickly changed his tune tweeting this one here this is how a heel should tweet hook line and sinker i still got it and you got everybody fucking sucking his cock off in the comments going oh yeah chavo worked everybody haha <laughs> still got it oh i knew you were just working oh all the marks fell for it ha 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 Lots of stupid shit in the comments. Now, look, 
I'll give it to Chavo. Maybe he is just trying to stir up buzz. I mean, look, he's a wrestler. And what are wrestlers at their core? They're carnies. They're workers, right? Always be working. Chavo's got his name out of the fucking media. He's not really. I mean, he's busy as fuck. He's doing the stuntman stuff and all the, the uh, you know, he's like the wrestling choreographer, stuntman guy, whatever the fuck, for like the Young Rock. And he was on Glow. So he's really gotten himself into the TV business on the side of professional wrestling. If things are happening on TV that show wrestling, Chavo's kind of become the guy to be there as like the stunt coordinator to teach actors how to work a little bit, at least enough for what they're trying to do on TV and and just kind of be that liaison between the wrestling business and the TV business from a, a stunt perspective. So that's he's a busy guy. But, uh, you know, if you were to believe this second tweet and all the marks on the Internet, then Chavo Guerrero is just stirring up buzz, just trying to get his name out there and maybe work himself into the angle somehow. You know, maybe Triple H will see it and go, oh, my God, we should bring back Chavo. How great would that be to, to help this storyline get through with the LWO and shit and blah, 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 blah. I don't buy it. I'll tell you why. Go back and watch that clip again. Hold on. I'll wait for you. He sounded pretty goddamn serious to me. And in that first tweet, you know, if Guerrero's serious, if, if Ray's serious, maybe, you know, instead of lining his pockets, he'll donate. <clears throat> Chavo was drinking some tall boys in that autograph session. That's what you don't see in the clip. Chavo was handed. I watched the whole thing. He was drinking beer. I'm not saying he was drunk, but, you know, you get a couple in you. <clears throat> start, start, uh, things start loosening up a little bit. Maybe he had a little bit of a buzz going on and he just, you know, just feeling chatty, chatty, blah, blah, blah. But he followed it up on Twitter. And then to finally, just after he's getting all the heat and everything and everything's going on, and Ray did not respond to this, by the way. He had nothing to say about this. But as everybody's freaking out about it and the news starts reporting this, that's when Chavo comes out with the, oh, yeah, that's how a heel should tweet, hook, line, and sinker. Still got it. I haven't found that original tweet, by the way. It is not on Chavo's feed itself. Uh, but, uh, you know, the wrestling internet is forever, so I do still obviously have it. Um, <clears throat> I think he's covering his ass. I think that's what he's trying to do. I think he started to get a little bit of heat, brother, brother, from it. So he just decided to go, oh, yeah, no, I'm just working. We're just working the gimmick. And, of course, everybody's kind of falling for it. And I see people in the comments, you know, uh, uh, saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I believed you or the whole time. Or, you know, you, you really got me good. And Chavo's replying to him and stuff. Oh, thanks. Most people on the Internet are taking this way too seriously. And I even saw Eric Bischoff retweet and was like, oh, oh this guy's a genius. And, and just all this shit. <clears throat> I don't buy it. He's not working. He could be. Because that's what wrestlers do. So I'm not saying it. it's not a possibility, but I just 
the way that he said it and then the way that he doubled down with the tweet and it wasn't until he was getting the heat that he came out and he's like, oh, yeah, it is all a work. And if it was all a work, why would you come out and say it was a work after? You already doubled down once. You said it in the, the autograph session and that's what was catching the buzz. Then you followed it up. You replied to that buzz with a tweet that's not on his feed anymore. About Ray Mysterio lining his pockets with the Guerrero name. Which we'll address here in a minute. And it was only after he got extreme heat from that that he was like, oh yeah, no, just to work. Just working, brother, brother. If you were working, why'd you stop working? The heat get too hot? Isn't that the point? If you're going to be a heel, right? This is how a heel should tweet. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get heat, right? Trying to stir up the buzz so that you can maybe work yourself into this angle or just keep yourself fucking relevant. I don't know. Look, I've never had a problem with Chavo Guerrero. But he sounds bitter as fuck. And it's funny, he started that clip in that autograph session by saying, this is going to sound bitter. I don't mean this to sound bitter. You sound fucking bitter. Not, and by the way, when you're like using Eddie's and he's like, well, really, it's ours. You know, the lie, cheat and steal was for Los Guerreros to start with. And he's not wrong. It was the Los Guerreros tag team gimmick. And then they just converted it to Eddie. And then Chavo got the ooh Chavo, which he also said is iconic, iconic. Oh, look, it's 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 uh, it's a catchy little tune. Right? We all we all remember the Uchavo, but is it iconic or is it just memorable? Or do you even remember? Do you even know what the fuck I'm talking about? It's theme music, you know? Uchavo. Iconic it is not though. Where's the where's the Chavo Guerrero Funko Pop? You guys see that one? They released it. All the all the WWE fucking uh, action figures and the special editions and the limited editions and the specialty fucking two packs and stuff with Chavo Guerrero. You know, all the all the merch that he's pushing and stuff. He probably should get a little cut of the LWO merch. Is Ray prostituting the Ray, the Eddie Guerrero name? I don't know that it's his idea, so I don't know that I would put that on Ray necessary. Sarah is WWE prostituting the Guerrero name? Sure, to an extent, and they certainly did when he died even. But, isn't it their right? They own all the fucking, all, all of Eddie Guerrero's, all the work that Eddie did in WWE. They have that. The lie, cheat, and steal, that's theirs. The LWO, that's theirs. Why not use it? Why not keep the memory of Eddie Guerrero alive? I saw Vicky Guerrero had tweeted about this too at one point, you know, and then I covered her drama a couple weeks ago with her daughter and her, her new husband and all that crap going on. Uh, but Vicky Guerrero was also taking it personally that that was with Dominic using Eddie Guerrero stuff. Why? Why are you pissed off that people are remembering Eddie Guerrero's legacy? People that were that worked with Eddie Guerrero. Dominic was fucking in a, in a custody battle with Eddie Guerrero for fuck's sakes. 
I'm your poppy now. You can't tell me that Dominic doesn't have the right to come out and fucking use a little bit of Eddie Guerrero shtick once in a while. And it pops the crowd or gets a, gets heat for in the case of Dominic. But when Eddie uh, when Ray comes out in the low rider with Snoop and he's doing the little shimmy shimmy and he's got the lie cheat and steel music. Why the fuck not? Why how is that how is that stealing from Eddie Guerrero? You're remembering his legacy. The dude's dead. You're not biting his shit while he's fucking it would be completely different if he was, say, in Chavo's situation, for example. And that's probably why Chavo is bitter. <clears throat> Chavo shouldn't be. He's doing great for himself. Being in the TV business, young rock, glow. Dude's got it made. Chavo's doing well for himself. He's fine. He's not slumming it, but he's just not on WWE TV. Maybe he's salty about that. Maybe he's bitter about that. And if Eddie Guerrero was in that same position, maybe it would be kind of an insult to the Guerrero name to be using that stuff. But Eddie's dead. Eddie's not in heaven. Eddie's in... No, I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. Don't get... I'm sorry. It was a. It was an angle. They did it back in the day, and it was. A, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing thing. I don't see anything wrong with it. Yes, you're using Eddie Guerrero's shtick. Yes, it's making Rey Mysterio money in one way or another. You know, coming out to his entrance at WrestleMania, I don't know how that lines Rey's pockets necessarily rather than just, you know, pays homage, pays tribute. Just like Mercedes Monet did when she came out and she lost the IWGP women's title last week. She had the fucking the tiger mask gimmick on or the black tiger or whatever the fuck he was. Right? <clears throat> Eddie Guerrero, he was over in, in Japan. He had the, the, the black tiger mask gimmick on. And she came out in that in her entrance. Is she lining her pockets? Maybe she needs to donate to Eddie's daughters, huh? How dare she? Or maybe people just... Have respect for Eddie Guerrero and pay homage to him. People use the fucking three amigos still to this day. The frog splash is probably more synonymous with Eddie Guerrero than it is with anybody. Even like a fucking Rob Van Dam. Eddie Guerrero's legacy lives on fully. In the LWO still to this day. And then the lie, cheat, and steal music. And the low rider gets a pop. Why the fuck not? And I hear Cornette talk about, you know, who cares about the LWO. It was 25 years ago. Who even remembers that? I know. But nostalgia and shit. Plus, Eddie Guerrero was over as fuck when he died. He went out on top, man. Eddie left a legacy behind that won't be forgotten for years and years to come still. And it's kept alive by the people that still keep his memory alive on TV in the WWE. Maybe WWE should send a check to the Guerrero family once in a while. They probably do for all his royalties and stuff. Now, Kevin Nash has come out and said that he gets royalties from NWO stuff. Does the Guerrero family get royalties from the LWO stuff? I don't know. 
that's uh, that's a little different. Maybe not. <clears throat> and, you know, there's I, I can see if I dig deep enough, I can see where a Chavo Guerrero and a Vicky Guerrero would think that. But I think they only think that because they're on the outside. <clears throat> and they're maybe not getting a direct paycheck for it. But look, man, Eddie Guerrero doesn't belong to just you guys. Eddie Guerrero belongs to all of us. You guys can have the man. He's family. He's your cousin or your uncle or whatever. Your uncle Eddie and your wife or your husband. Not your wife. You get what I'm saying. Whatever the fuck. It's 2023. It doesn't even matter. You guys can have the person. <clears throat> but the character, Eddie Guerrero. I lie, I cheat, I steal. Olale. It belongs to us fans. And for people that Eddie had an impact on their lives, like a Sasha Banks, and then like a Dominic Mysterio and a Rey Mysterio, these people have every right to still use Eddie Guerrero's legacy. Absolutely. If it's just dressing like him as an homage, coming out to his music, doing the little this thing when you go up to the top rope for a frog splash, <clears throat> hitting the three amigos, doing one of those before you do that or after you do that. What are people just supposed to forget and never fucking mention, never homage, never reference? We just bury Eddie Guerrero because it might piss off Chavo and Vicky. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe I'm taking this too far. Maybe Chavo was just working us. Hook, line, and sinker, right? Still got it, Chavo. Just working the marks. Maybe. Maybe he was. Who knows? But, uh, you know, there was no smirk. There was no tongue-in-cheek when he said it. No tongue-in-cheek when he tweeted it. Doubled down. Backed it up. And it wasn't until he was getting the heat that he said it was all a work. And if it was a work, why would you stop working? Why? To avoid the heat that you were working to get to begin with? Oh, it got too hot? Oh, uh -huh. you didn't think that was going to happen when you're working everybody? It's because he wasn't working everybody. He was spitting. Spitting from the heart. Spitting truth. Firing them truth bombs. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is he working? My mark? Did he work me? There's Chavo covering his tracks because he said some stupid shit that pissed a lot of people off. Let me know down in the comments below. Ooh, Chavo. Well, the WWE has found themselves on the receiving end of yet another lawsuit, this time at the hands of a former WWE writer. And no, it's not Vince Russo. Uh, it is some chick claiming that she was let go for raising concerns over racially uh, insensitive pitches in the writer's room. For more information on this, check out this clip here from Brian Alvarez over at Wrestling Observer Radio, and we'll catch you on the back end. A former writer 
and suing Vince, Stephanie, and other WWE executives. Brittany Abrahams filed suit against WWE in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of New York on Monday. She's accusing company of releasing her after she objected to multiple instances of, quote, offensively racist and stereotypical jargon used in WWE scene scripts. SmackDown Vice President Ryan Callahan, former writers Chris Dunn and Mike Heller, Vice President Christine Lebrano, and writer Jen Pepperman are also listed as defendants. Documents related to the suit specifically mention scenes involving Bianca Belair and Apollo Crews as ones Abraham's voiced objections to. Former writer is said to have raised concern regarding Cruz using a, quote, stereotypical and exaggerated Nigerian accent and also objected to a scene where Beller was scripted to say, uh-uh, don't make me take off my earrings and beat your ass. Abraham sent an email to Callahan regarding Beller's scene saying, I know I'm new, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or step on Dunn's or anyone's toes, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Ms. Beller's scene includes racial jargon and offensive stereotypes, particularly her go-home line. The suit alleges that Belair also objected to the line, telling Dunn three different times that I don't want to say that line, but he never listens to me. He puts that line in every week. Belair is alleged to have said the line would make her sound, quote, ghetto. Court documents state she continued to be subjected to racist pitches on a WWE Slack channel. It is alleged that a storyline involving Reggie, scripts, dressing in drag was scrapped, only after a white writer objected, stating viewers would be offended. It is also alleged that Callahan pitched a story where Muslim wrestler Mansoor would be revealed to have been, quote, behind the 9-11 attacks. When Abrahams and other writers brought concerns regarding this to WWE Vice President Christine Lebrano, she allegedly responded, quote, wacky things are said in the writer's room all the time. After Abrahams' objections were rebuffed, she says the company pretextually terminated her for taking home a special WrestleMania 38 branded chair in April of 2022. A.K.A. frivolous. This is a frivolous lawsuit, and I'll tell you why. Because good luck fucking proving this in court, right? It's a writer's room, just like that uh, chick supposedly said in her response. Stupid shit gets thrown around all the time in the writer's room. You get told no, and you move on. Did it make it on the TV or did it not? Now, do I believe her? Yeah, of course I do. It's WWE. It does not surprise me at all that they have racist and, and homophobic and fucking whatever the hell... Pitches in the writer's room. I'm sure of it. WWE is not the most sensitive. Uh, it would do them well to have a sensitivity person in the writer's room. It is the world that we live in these days. Hold on. Let me check with my sensitivity person. Hey, am I allowed to talk about uh, the world that we live in these days? Am I allowed to say it like that? Doesn't make it sound like I think it's all fucking stupid and people are too sensitive. And, and, oh, no? Okay. So I can talk about it? All right. So my sensitivity person has advised me that I can continue talking about the sensitivity of today's world. And I think in the writer's room, it's important that they should have somebody for there just for the sake of sensitivity diversity whatever you know just kind of overhear everything and chime in and just say hey 
That's racist. That nope. That's no. That's homophobe. That's not gonna work. We can't do that. It's 2023. There's trans people. You can't. You can't say that about. If, if you, who cares if he wears a dress? And that's what this writer was doing. Supposedly, she was just chiming in, saying her piece. And now she's claiming she got fired. You are fired. Wonder if Vince McMahon did it himself. If I got fired by Vince McMahon, I would want him to say it like that. You don't get fired by Vince, so you get fired by like Canyon Seaman, right? And in, in NXT and in Laurinaitis, that was he was the guy for a while. It doesn't surprise me that this happens. Like WWE has a history of some shady shit. They've gotten a lot better. We all do. The whole world has. You know, look at anything from the 80s and the 90s, and it's it couldn't be done in today's world. You know, like a Jesse Ventura calling fucking uh, Tito Santana Chico. Bobby Heenan calling it the flying burrito, the fucking forearm that he does. I'm not, hey, don't fucking, don't take it out on me. I'm citing... Specific wording that was said on WWE programming. <clears throat> so it's important that, you know, they've come a long way and it's important that they do keep an eye on that because it's not acceptable in today's world. So good on this chick, this writer. I shouldn't say chick, right? She'll sue me for fucking sexism, sexual sexism. This lady, this woman, this person, this non-binary person here. She's speaking out. They, they're, they are speaking out. Okay, now I'm just being stupid. I apologize for that. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with that. And if she got fired because she spoke out about this shit and she was, uh, you know, if they just didn't want to hear her complaints, these were all valid, valid gripes. <clears throat> and I see it from both ways. Every complaint raised in this lawsuit is 100% reason to raise a complaint Mansoor being behind 9-11 even though he would have been a little baby boy maybe his family was behind it who knows doesn't matter stupid whoever thought of that should have been let go by the way oh you're from he's not even from he's from well <clears throat> I was gonna say yeah he's from Saudi so I guess that that would that would make sense Except for the age thing doesn't line up. So it was a stupid pitch and it shouldn't have been pitched. I would also say this. <clears throat> In a creative pitch room, most things should be on the table. You should be allowed to just say shit. And this lady, uh, that when she reported it, it was even relayed to her that, oh, well, as we heard about it, it was just more of a joke. Stupid stuff gets said in the writer's room all the time, and he was joking anyway. Perhaps. Probably. <clears throat> it wouldn't be unreasonable for some ignorant fuck to just be like, oh, let's say Mansoor was behind 9-11. Oh, just kidding. But, like, come on, man. <clears throat> Reginald in a wig. The Bianca Belair was a little, <clears throat> little more of a gray area. 
Don't make me take my earrings off. It does sound a little ghetto, though. It does. It could die. Get what she's, where she's coming from. She doesn't want to say it. She doesn't want to say it. You don't make her. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, it's frivolous because how are you going to prove any of this? In, 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 even if you are, I mean, you could. You know, if everything's recorded or you have written documents. Sure, 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 sure. This chat, the Slack thing that they talk about. <clears throat> Perhaps. But then can you prove that you were fired because you were raising these concerns? Or were you fired because you were stealing a chair? Now, I do think that's kind of stupid because everybody gets the chair. Everybody that works there gets a chair. You get a chair. People get chairs that work there. You get the chair. Fucking uh, uh, the guy, the rocks guy. Uh, Brian Gewertz, he's got a, when he does, he's did a couple, uh, podcast interviews where he's on, you know, in the background of his webcam, he's got a WWE chair from a live event or a couple of them. Jim Cornette said he's got a couple people get chairs. It's a thing. <clears throat> Not a big deal. Maybe they were looking for a reason to fire her. Maybe she was just a stupid bitch. How about that? Maybe she was bitching about everything. It wasn't just the things that she had concerns for. Maybe she was complaining about everything. Maybe she was the one bitch that wouldn't let you do anything, right? Like anytime you mention, hey, what if Roman Reigns uh, did blah, 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 and she stood up and, um, I don't think Roman Reigns, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they just didn't like her for her. Maybe she was a Karen, right? That's what I'm getting at. Complaining about everything, always bitching about. Maybe she was a, just a Karen. <clears throat> or maybe she was concerned about legitimate racial and sexual homophobic whatever issues going on behind the scenes in the writer's room. <clears throat> and she truly feels that the reason she was let go is because she spoke out about that. I just don't think she's got a shot in hell to prove it. This could get settled out of court, too, very quickly. Especially with this merger going on. Endeavor's just going to want to sweep shit under the rug and not deal with it. They might just say how much to shut the fuck up and go away. A lot of people do that. Eric Bischoff is famous for saying anybody that sued uh, Ted Turner, <clears throat> as long as it was under a certain amount, they just paid him off and swept it under the rug. Maybe that's all they need to do with this chick. She's trying to get rehired. Why would you want to work there if it's such a horribly racist thing? That's the other part of this that's a little. You want to get rehired there, but it's just the most racist, homophobic writer's room you've ever seen. And nobody listens to you when you raise your concerns. But yet, I want to be back there so bad. Man. <clears throat> I don't know. This could go either way for me. She could just be like a bitchy Karen. Trying to claim victim. I'm a victim. I was just trying to be a good girl. And they don't like to hear my complaints. They fired me. Me. Sounds like a very Karen-ass thing to say. But at the same time, we all know WWE. We all know what WWE is capable of. When you hear that Mansoor could be the... Could be behind 9-11 and that Reggie was going to wear a wig and that, that Bianca Belair was going to say, uh-uh, take my earrings off. When you hear that shit, think about it. Does it surprise you? 
Does any part of you go, no, WWE wouldn't do that? Yeah, of course they would. Of course they would. Remember when Vince McMahon was black for a little while? Remember that clip with John Cena? And then Booker T, pants of Booker T. Tell me. I didn't just hear him say that. That was gold, by the way. Highly inappropriate, but the the, the Booker T makes it okay, I feel like, right? And just it was just that ending punchline of him seeing it and doing the tell me. I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe I'm just sick. Maybe I'm just sick. But no, it doesn't surprise me that WWE would do this. Absolutely not. Um, so I do think she's right. I just think good luck proving it. Good luck uh, getting anything out of it. Why would you want to go back there if nobody gave a shit about your opinions? And she does sound like a little bit of a Karen. So I think it's probably somewhere in the middle, right? All this shit was pitched. She raised her concerns about that. But she probably raised her concern about every fucking thing that came up. She was probably overly sensitive about stupid shit that she had no reason to be sensitive about. And she complained all the time. And maybe they were just looking for a reason to get rid of her. We'll see how it plays out in court, but it probably won't make it to court. I'm going to guess they're just going to settle, get it done with, because they got a merger to take care of, and they don't need these kind of lawsuits floating around out there. But that's just my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Let me know down in the comments below, and I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next. You know what we need in the WWE more than anything right now? Another belt. No, no, no. Not like a tag team belt or a cruiserweight type thing, 24. No, none of that. What we need, not a six man. Uh-uh. We need another, another world heavyweight championship. Uh-huh. No, yeah, third one. We need three. Well, because Roman's got two, and he ain't losing either one of them, and we're not going to take one of them away from him. So he just gets to keep the two of them. And they're still united. They're still the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. So he gets to just keep both of those two. And because we're now we're doing a brand split, we got to have a world title on the other show again. Wouldn't it make sense to split the titles? No. No. No, it wouldn't. Roman gets to keep both still. On each shoulder, two belts, two different championships with two different lineages. Merged together, yes. But still two different belts with two different lineages. And instead, we'll just add a third. We'll just put a third out there and all the people that couldn't beat Roman can fight over it. And they can have that one. Belt looks decent, though. Check out this clip of old Papa H unveiling the new belt and we'll catch you on the flip side on saturday may 27th at night of champions we will crown a new world heavyweight champion
before we get to my thoughts about it, check out these thoughts by Brian Alvarez over at the Wrestling Observer. He had his thoughts on the new world title. Check out this clip. You know, on top of that, this belt, okay? I'm sure Mike likes the belt because he didn't bring back the winged eagle. I know you like that big gold belt. But you know what this belt is? This belt, I mean, this, this promo that he cut. We've got a champion that nobody can beat. And we decided to allow him to never come to work. But now we are victimized by this. And so to solve this problem, what we're going to do is we're going to make a new belt. A belt for all of you that can't hang with the other guy. And furthermore, the belt that the other guy holds is not a belt. It's two belts. Because they had two champions and they merged them together. And the decision is not to split the belts again. But now we're creating a bronze medal. You're the third best if you have this new belt. And, of course, you know, I, you know Lance, Lance really believes that one of the reasons it's so hot is because we only have one champion. And that there is a, you know this goal for everybody and you don't have a first place and second place. I don't think that's the main reason that everything has been so successful, but there's probably an aspect of that, which is helping. Okay. But now here we are. Now you've got Roman who is unbeatable still, and he's going to sail past a thousand days. And now for all of you nerds that just couldn't hang on the other, on the B brand, we have a C belt for you. I was just, flabbergasted last night by this whole thing Fla- yesterday was a day of flabbergasted first of all let's just talk about the look of the belt the belt is growing on me a little bit <clears throat> matt hardy said it best as a matter of fact i heard him say on the extreme life of matt hardy this week um that that the belt will grow on him over time the championship. It's a championship. God damn it. Not a belt. I'm sorry. But the championship will grow on me over time. I think it will. I think it will. It's got the spirit of the big gold, which everybody universally loves. I haven't really heard anybody say they don't like big gold, though I'm sure somebody within the sound of my voice will say they do dislike big gold. But I love big gold. I love legacy belts like why like okay so like the the old piece of shit belt that like a luthez held it was was like a like a your grandpa's belt buckle or like a cowboy belt buckle or something that thing was too small too little too true too rinkety dinkety to really stand the the test of time uh that that green belt that hulk hogan had not going to stand the test of time, but some belts. Look, the NWA championship is still around to this very day. It was retired for a little while, but it's back. The The globe, right? The domed globe, as they call it. <clears throat> that fucking championship's been around since the 70s, right? The big gold belt. The one that Ric Flair had. The one that was brought back to the WWE. That was the one that was spray painted with the NWO on it. And then it was reintroduced by Eric Bischoff, handed to Triple H. 
That belt has a lot of legacy. Why not bring back the big gold? It's a beautiful-ass belt. It's got a classic, timeless look. It's not small and rinkety. It's not, uh, it's not dated in any way. It's a big gold belt. It's big, right? If you want a championship belt, you want a nice big fucking honker, right? The world title should be a, a world's title. It should feel like a fucking beast, right? This is a world's championship. And it's gold. It's a big gold belt. It's got a globe on it. You're the world heavyweight champion. It says world heavyweight champion, nameplate, and then just a bunch of fancy stuff. There's nothing dated about it. It's clean. It's blingy still. It's got the gems in it. It's got the crown above the globe. It's just a beautiful fucking belt. And it's got a legacy, a lineage. I hope at the very least that this new world title uh, is the reinstated lineage. I don't think it is, or maybe it would have been mentioned. Maybe though in, in, you know, in the future, we'll see that they will kind of tie it back to the world title itself. But <clears throat> I, I just wish they would have brought back the big gold. And the winged eagle, of course. Some people like Big Eagle, the Attitude Era one. Both are great. I'm a winged eagle guy myself. 80s, early 90s. You know, the one that uh, Mach had. The one that Ted DiBiase bought on the main event. <clears throat> That's my belt. I don't see any reason that it could that it ever needed to change. It could still, to this day, be the championship. Or the, the fucking Big Eagle. You know, they made it the same look, basically. They just made it bigger. <clears throat> Why? Why keep switching shit around? I know some people like the uh, the undisputed world WWE championship. That belt sucked. I don't know where you guys are. You guys are smoking crack. You probably just like it because you're younger than I am. And you grew up in the... Uh, the not the attitude era, the what the fuck, the ruthless aggression era, right? You liked that belt. Nah, wasn't a fan. I don't mind the belt that we got now with the big blinged out W. Focus. I'm out of focus. I'm not going to pause the tape. I'm just going to fix it. There we go. The big the the big blinged out WWE logo at this point is is probably where the WWE championship should stay. I don't ever want to see them do anything different with that ever fucking again. Okay, I like the older belts better, but if you I mean at least let's stick with this one now. There's nothing that will ever need to change about that. Ever ever ever. If Cody Rhodes wins the WWE title and he wants to do something fun like he did with the Intercontinental and bring back the winged eagle for his run. I'm okay with that. I can sell new fucking merch off of it again. I'm sure it's still a hot seller to this day. But it certainly would be with Cody. And the, you know the new WWE logo on it and stuff. <clears throat> but overall like I'm okay with the blinged out WWE. And then Big Gold should have been the way to go. But this is not unlike Big Gold. And it's got a more prominent WWE logo. You know, I think what I would have done, if you're going to go that route, would be to not 
make the the globe protrude and to maybe not make it black, maybe make it flat and all gold with the WWE logo in the middle. And that could have been in all gold, maybe some fucking diamonds in there, some jemmies in there. Because you remember like the uh, the big gold's got the gems on the top of the crown. It's got little diamonds there. And it's got the gold or the globe underneath the crown. You just replace that piece essentially with the WWE logo. Like all flat matte gold essentially with the globe possibly behind it. That would have looked, it would have been like an updated, modernized, more WWE prominent. Because you want that logo out there. I get why they do that. It's marketing, especially when they hand out these belts to Super Bowl winners and World Series winners and all that shit. It's marketing. So I get the world title. I get the upgrade. Maybe they'll they'll tweak it a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll grow on me. It's not the worst thing I've seen. I'm still a huge fan of AEW's championship. I think that's the best belt in the in the business right now. I think all their belts are the best belts in the business right now. Uh, but that's just me. I'm a big belt mark. I love me some championship belts. I'm glad we got a new one. There's just no fucking point to it. Give it to Seth Rollins, by the way, though. Seth Rollins needs to win the uh, new championship. Not Cody. If they give it to Cody, that's going to... He's not finishing the story. He's doing a different story then. It's a consolation prize. He needs, to, he needs Roman's belt. That's what he needs. Give it to Seth Rollins. Because Seth and, and have Seth Rollins beat Cody Rhodes in like the finals, get his win back because Cody beat him 763 times last year. Give Rollins a little push ski with that new belt, put some stank on it, put some mustard on it, make it a thing again. Put some prestige behind that world title until Roman Reigns wins it in, a, in another unification match. <clears throat> They need to get rid of the Universal title or just merge those two. But I don't even like the name Universal. Just keep it the WWE Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship. If you're going to have two belts, if you're going to have a split roster, you want a world title on each show, fine. But you're going to just end up merging the rosters and the titles again in the future anyway. So what the fuck is the point? But hey, some belt marks got a new fucking thing to buy off WWEshop.com. What are your thoughts? Let me know down in the comments below. What do you think of the look of the belt? What is your favorite belt of all time? And who should win this world title? And, uh, you know, fucking how many times a day do you jerk it? Just let me know in the comments below. I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next. The Rated R Superstar. See what I did there? You like that? Edge was on Logan Paul's Impulsive podcast this week. This was another pre-recorded before WrestleMania, released way too far after WrestleMania for being recorded before WrestleMania. Edge talking all about his career with the boys from Impulsive. And uh, Logan talked a little bit on this episode about being a little, he was kind of intimidated. Edge talked about his neck surgeries and how he was, Told he was never going to wrestle again. And Logan was like, man, I got to get the hell out of this. <laughs> I got to get the hell out of this business before it cripples me. 
We had a fun little conversation, but it was in this clip right here where Edge first talked about the, uh, I had covered it actually a couple weeks ago. The Undertaker was on somebody's podcast and he talked about, he was talking about the streak and he was talking about that Edge at one point had been pitched to end the Undertaker streak when they had their match at WrestleMania 24. Vince wanted Edge to take it, and Edge said, absolutely not. I think he wanted Edge really? uh, to go over. Edge refused. Refused? Yeah. Wow. He said, no, I can't do it. Why? He just, he didn't that's how be- much he, he respected the streak and, and me and, you know, what he thought he would he thought that streak streak meant to the business you know Uh, did you did you know that i didn't know it at the time wow no i didn't know that till years after did you talk to him about it oh yeah i mean it's just that's incredible yeah no really i mean that just says a lot about right you know human being he is but i mean he he he, edge grasped how important um you know the streak had become Mm -hmm. and you know he just didn't he said i don't want that I don't think it's the right thing. And he just didn't. He said no. And to their credit, whoever the producer is here on the Impulsive podcast picked up on that and asked Edge, can you confirm? Check out this clip. That's a good transition. You turned down, well, at least I've been told by the production team, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that you turned down the idea of taking away the the championship belt from Undertaker. Is that uh, wrong? Ruining, ruining I, his WrestleMania sorry, streak. Sorry, sorry. The, rest, the WrestleMania wrong. streak. Correct. Yeah. So when we were uh, we were gonna meet, main event, I got a snort there sorry. too. Um, the main event of WrestleMania 24, and I think his streak at that point was like 15 and 0, and uh, it was it was kind of thrown by me like, what do you think? And I was like, absolutely not, absolutely not. Like, why would we do that? That makes zero sense to me. I'm already a made man. I'm in the main event of WrestleMania. What's it going to do for me? Sure, it would it would do something, I guess. But, like, let's save that. Let's save that for somebody who can really use that boost. And to me, as the year started to go and go and go, I was like, Reigns is that guy. Mm. And let's save it for that. But... It wasn't my call, obviously, but it, when when it was brought to my attention or at least thrown by me as an option, I just thought no, because it was just as important as the world championships at WrestleMania. So mm. why take away one of our marquee attractions? That's the real team player shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, again, I was already made. If, I, if I'm in the main event of WrestleMania, I don't need the street. I don't need to break that. Did you ever regret that decision? Not at all. Not at all. Do you think ruining not ru- well yeah ru- ruining a streak eventually was a was a poor decision yes by the org yes I, I people go back and forth on yes. this I, I, I do and and the only reason I say that is because I don't think Brock needed it he was already a yeah, world beater yeah you know he was already UFC heavyweight champion he was already all of these things whereas Roman was just on the cusp mm. and if he were the first guy oh, man I mean obviously it still worked out pretty well yeah. but. Um, <laughs> But I think it could have sped it up. Yeah, the streak never should have ended. Edge would have been a better choice than Brock fucking Lesnar would have been. I don't know if Roman is ready for it, though. Not at that time anyway. He was still the baby face at the time, and fans were against him. Fans would have rejected it. They would have turned against him. 
So I definitely see maybe why they didn't pull the trigger, but and Taker was getting old at that time, and he was running out of WrestleManias where he could keep having a good match. So maybe Vince felt I might not get another good match out of Undertaker again, and there's nobody really, you know, I don't know if the crowd would accept Roman getting this win quite yet, so let's give it to Brock Lesnar. And that's exactly what they did. But I get Edge wanting to turn it down, and I think I would have too. You just there's some things you don't do, some things you don't fuck with. And one of those is the Undertaker streak. Um, but he, Edge would have been a good pick for that. I wouldn't have hated the idea. He would have got a lot of heat for it, though. And then in this clip here, they kind of changed gears, and Logan asked Edge straight up, how much longer you got in you? When do you think you're going to hang out the tights and retire? And this is what Edge had to say. Check out this clip. Well, I was going to ask, when, when, when's, uh, when are you getting off the merry-go-round? Like, how much longer can you go before you got to retire, man? So, I, I don't want to stick around to the point where it's like, oh, there he is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yes, yes. he wheeled it. Oh, okay. You've got to still go out we'll on We'll give him the courtesy cheer. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to get there, right? Now, when I come out now, I, I feel I feel the explosion. And I feel like all of that to throw at them. And, and that's still there. I don't know if that, for me, would ever go away. You know, um, but I feel like in this last run, like the Rocky Balboa movie, which I watched two nights before my comeback and I was in tears because Stallone's monologues in it were all things that were going through my mind. And I realized I got to get this out of the basement Mm. because I didn't have the chance to end it the way I wanted Mm. to. This time I'm going to get to do that. And now I got two little girls that I got to spend the rest of my life taking care of. So I got a little wish list of, of, things that are still to do um but it's not long and neither is the time yeah you know uh i think at most i i might have another year in me to be able to do it at this level and still be able to do it at an elite level where i can still hang when i got to get in with austin theory who's 25 and you know he wasn't born when i had my first match for wwe (laughs) you know what i mean so you don't want to you don't want to be going out like mickey rourke in the wrestling no no, I, I want to be, you know, sitting on my mountain and watching you guys do your thing and just going, man, good for them. Mm. You know? Respect, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, Edge, Adam Copeland. <laughs> it's important that Edge gets to end it his way. Now, when he did retire the other way, yes, he didn't make the call, but he retired. His last match was a win at WrestleMania, and he was the world heavyweight champion. So it's not a bad way to go out by any stretch. He definitely went out on top when he did. And all this is extra. This is like the second act, like when Shawn Michaels came back, right? But it'll be good that Edge will finally get to make that decision, and he'll be able to have a celebration of his last match, and he'll decide how he goes out and where he goes out and when. I would always do it at WrestleMania, but he could certainly decide he just wants to do it at home in Toronto or something like that. Who knows? Maybe he wants to do it on Raw where everybody can see. I don't know. But I do think Edge... Let's be honest, his his second run here hasn't really lit the world on fire. And it's not because he sucks. 
I think a lot of it is he's been given crap. I don't know. He's been working with the Judgment Day for how long? And then the stuff with Randy Orton about the best wrestling match ever. Like, I don't know. I think Edge has gotten a little bit of a raw deal working with The Miz, even though he got to do the um, the mixed tag match with Beth, which is great. I just think, meh. I don't know. It just hasn't lit the world on fire, but that's just me. You know, uh, I liked Rated R Superstar Edge. I liked his heel run in that era. I thought he did a lot of great work as a heel in that era. I don't think I was really much of a fan in any other part of his career, though. I always had respect for Edge, of course. But uh, it was really that Rated R Superstar run that really cemented him and you know, I got respect for him now, and I like Edge. Don't get me wrong. And I like seeing him out there. I just don't think it's been, you know, a fucking... Uh, it hasn't been the run of a century or anything like that. But uh, at least he'll get to end it on his terms when he wants to, where he wants to. And I highly recommend you check out this full interview with Logan Paul and Edge on the Impulsive Podcast Great interview. Very vulnerable. Edge really opens up about a lot of different things and kind of lays it all on the line. So worth checking out. And Logan does too, by the way. You know, like I said, you know, he he, he had a very genuine kind of vulnerability when he talks about like, you know, I want to make it out of this business in one piece. <laughs> Everybody I talk to on the other side of this fucking camera from wrestling, they're all they all have horror stories. They all talk about how bad it was. So. Uh, interesting story there as well, but, uh, yes, absolutely go check out the full link is in the description down below and I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next. Well, everybody's favorite wrestling homeless man, Sammy Zayn was on the whiskey ginger podcast with a comedian by the name of Andrew Santino. Same guy who uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, had John Cena on his show, dipping his toe into interviewing the wrestlers. And this was a very fun podcast to listen to. Nearly two hours with Sami Zayn. And they're just shooting the shit. This was not a wrestling interview by any stretch. Uh, they talked a little bit of wrestling, but it was a lot of it was in context of how wrestling relates to comedy because Santino's a stand-up comedian and there's a lot of overlapping that goes on between the two industries. So it was a lot of that, but it was a lot of personal stuff too, a lot of fun stuff to get into. But of course, because this is a pro wrestling show, I did want to dip into some of the pro wrestling topics of it. And uh, it was in this particular clip right here that Sami Zayn opened up about his relationship with Kevin Owens. In the ring and outside of the ring. Check out this clip. Yeah. There's a guy who, Kevin Owens is the guy that my name is like synonymous with. One of your best friends. We started together in Quebec. Yeah. Like our first year in the business is when we met. And now we're teaming for the tag titles at WrestleMania in two nights. And that's just because you're Canadian. That's the only reason why. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's just like, it's just Two insane. Quebecians that know each other's life. Well, but it's not just that. That's the weirdest part is that like our paths have been so similar and like intertwined at every step. We both like came up uh, through the indies together and then we both got signed. Like, you know, there were slight staggered parts of our career, but we always kind of came back. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really weird. I don't think there's another two people 
ever in wrestling that have this same kind of story. It's That's weird. Fucking rad. It's really, really weird. Yeah. And he's a partner, but at he's any a partner, point, he's been an enemy. He's yeah, been, we've been, been everything enemy, in between. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty cool. And it's just so unique. That's that's what I think. And the crazy thing about it is I remember just feeling uh, like in 2005, six when we'd wrestle each other, we're like, dude, how are people not sick of seeing this match? Like they've been seeing it for a year or two. <laughs> now it's been 20 years. But I think that's another thing is we both have a similar mindset when it comes to owing the fans something. Yeah. We have a similar mindset of like, we can't rest on our laurels. We pretend that like they've seen all our matches so this one has to be different you both hate louis bags uh he probably hates louis bag i, I probably <laughs> think about it more than he does yeah but he does too <laughs> yeah i'm sure if i asked him i'd be he'd just be like oh louis bags yeah stupid yeah, fucking <laughs> but me i have a whole like psychological breakdown for it and like yeah. the the social you know <laughs> connotation beneath it all and all that bogus stuff anyway at the end of the day i do feel sorry once again I, you <laughs> know if you yeah. have a louis bag it's people fine. know you're kidding people know it's fine life is hard for everyone yeah man get that bag <laughs> get dude. the bag get the bag, get the bag, get the bag. baby yeah but so yeah you can't pinpoint one um but that is nice that like and you're best friends with him in the real world as well outside of the outside of the ring yeah i'd say so because i mean it's just a, it's a kind of bond that you uh like i mean i have older friends and i have friends that i was closer with at different parts of my life but there's a bond that exists there that like you just like no one else will understand it but him yeah, that's it's like great. a war buddy thing. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, you can speak French to each other. And we do. Yeah, I know you do. In the locker room when I it's know like, you do. yeah. I see a Lolo. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and we'll just talk, like, if we have to. Say, look at code. that stupid fucking Louis bag in French. Yeah. Oh, sac à dos Louis Vuitton call, yes. <laughs> see, there you go. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> that's like Quebec curse in there, but. Um... No, but, that, but it's, uh, that's great that you, I mean, that's how cool to have that. Yeah, this is absolutely like the best best friend combo that's ever been in pro wrestling, right? Real life friends, on-screen friends, they're friends, they're enemies, all the feuds. They're always able to keep it interesting. You know, Sammy talks about he's surprised at how fans still want to see the match after it's happened so many goddamn times, and it's because their story keeps evolving. They're able to continue telling a new story, right? They're able to talk about uh you know owens is a heel sammy's a heel el generico whoever that guy was right he was in the mix too at some point these guys just have incredible matches but they always have incredible stories because of the relationship that they have with each other and it's unique to the wrestling business i think they fought each other at wrestlemania haven't they and now they've tag teamed at wrestlemania won the tag team titles like the story that these guys can tell, and they can turn on each other again in a couple months. The story never ends. It's a fantastic story that's told. Uh, really good stuff here with Sami Zayn in this interview. Very personal, uh, insightful. You really get a deep dive into the kind of person that Sami Zayn is. You can tell that, you know, you always hear that he, he talks people's ears off, and he's a little bit neurotic, and he's overly opinionated, and you get all of that kind of just comes right out in this interview great little segment great podcast i highly recommend you check it out i do have it linked down in the comments below but sammy Zayn is enjoying the run of his fucking career right now he is living it up living his best life along with kevin owens right now as the tag team champions I feel like his heat's died down it peaked 
when he had his match in Montreal with Roman, and now I feel like he's kind of losing a little bit of heat. But, you know, the, the his peak certainly wasn't at WrestleMania this year, but still. And, and he still, they just had their match with the Usos again, so they're still telling that. I think it's starting to peter out for Sammy, but Sammy's a fantastic character. So is Kevin Owens. These guys both re-signed with WWE for an extended period of time. So they're going to be around a long time. They're going to tell a lot of great stories and a lot of great stories with each other. And I have no doubt they're going to continue to impress us and find new ways to spin their friendship slash rivalry. What are your thoughts? Let me know down in the comments below. And again, highly recommend you go check out this full episode. That's it, y'all. That's all I got for you today. Thank you for checking out the show, sticking all the way with me to the end. Again, if you didn't in the beginning, please like, follow, subscribe at Seth Grimes Media on Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter if you're on there. And please, if you liked the show and you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button down below on YouTube. It helps me out greatly. And on the podcast if you're listening there. Fun episode here. I love talking about wrestling each and every week with you guys. I appreciate you watching with me. CM Punk continues to keep his name in the news, man. It's 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 insane the fun that he's having out there in his second run. He's always stirring shit up. I love covering Punk, if you haven't noticed, too. He is my favorite wrestler or was or I don't know where we're at right now. It's It's complicated. That's our relationship status right now, but... What a fucking fun thing to cover. I appreciate you guys sticking with me each and every week. And I'm going to keep grinding each and every week. This was episode 79. We will catch you next week for episode 80. I hope you're there with me. Peace, love, and pizza. I am your boy, Seth Grimes. And this has been the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. Um, were you a fan of pro wrestling when you were growing up? So I love, I have an older brother who's three and a half years old. I mean, I would follow him around all the time. He watched a lot of wrestling. So of course I watched wrestling. My <laughs> birthday is actually right around the time of WrestleMania. And so from, gosh, I don't know, it's probably like six or seven till I was about 12. Every year I'd ask my parents to buy that on pay-per-view as my birthday present. Wow. Um, the day that that I stopped watching was the day that Bret Hart turned heel and I just couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> Absolutely broke my like young like little heart, and so then so I did watch a ton of it when I was a kid, um, but stopped around the time that I was about twelve. It's um, it's never something obviously that like when I took this job that I saw becoming a part of my career. And what's really helpful is that you know we have a general counsel at AW who does he's been a fan his whole life, and it's helpful because he and I can sort of work together, and he really does help contextualize things for me at times that I may not understand. 
to the extent that they're unique to wrestling, but I'll say that a lot of our talent too have been incredibly generous with their time in terms of helping to educate me about things that I may not totally understand about the pro wrestling industry. So like, I didn't, I didn't know how they put together matches. I didn't know how they, like what the independent circuit was like, I, you know, and so it's been really helpful because people are so willing to share their industry knowledge with me. I mean, we've got to talk about the huge news, uh, AW All In coming to Wembley in August. Um, what can we kind of expect from the show and how did the decision come about to put on the show at Wembley? I think a lot of people thought it might end up in Craven Cottage because of the Fulham links. Um, is it something that's been in the work for, you know, a while? It has been. And so, um, you know, the Jags were one of the first teams and have consistently played over um, in London at Wembley for a long time. And I think mm. that Tony felt really strongly that the market would show up. And so he, you know, that that's the incredible thing about working for him is that he is sort of a really fearless leader in that sense of, I, you know, let's go, if we're going to do it, let's go for the biggest possible venue. Um, and so, you know, we luckily do have some familiarity with the operations of Wembley from being there as part of the Jags games. And so we'll be able to, you know, have the knowledge of what that building can support, but then obviously set it up for um, AEW. But our, our production team is working through it right now in terms of all the detail. And I'm so excited for AEW's growth over the last four years, right? Since it was mm -hmm. founded. Um, like, it's just, I never would have necessarily had thought that it would have launched and been as successful as it was it survived as a live events business through covid um mm. and then been back on the road and continuing to grow so i know that we always keep on trying to sort of look and see like look ahead and like see what we can do and what we can expand but it's also pretty incredible what's been built over the last several years i hate juggalos i fucking hate them I say all this with a grain of salt because for a good part of my own life, I proudly identified as a juggalo. You should come to the gathering with me. Nah, man. I'm not into all that whoop whoop shit anymore. I'll pay for your ticket. I got fired today. Get the fuck out! Still got room for me? Spike, slow the fuck down! Cops! Fuck your sleep! Fuck your sleep! Fuck your sleep. The savages started closing in with their tiki torches and war paint. Shit. Run! You guys got a dead body here already? Even the aliens were throwing shade. It was pure panic and intense horror. There was a guy I saw got chopped in half. I had nothing left to go back to. You alive? <sighs> yep. The Gathering. A bold journey into the belly of the Juggalo underworld.